This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Welcome to this episode of the Engineering Project Management Podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping project managers sharpen their PM skills. I am your host, Anthony Fasano, and in this episode of the Engineering Project Management Podcast, I will be speaking with Rachel Mertz, licensed professional engineer and senior project manager with Majeski and Masters. Rachel is going to discuss her role as project manager on a complex project, the Murray Baker Bridge Rehabilitation Project. And she's also going to talk about how interacting with the public effectively can be huge in terms of getting your project done. She also touches on her overall experience as a woman in the field of engineering. With that, let's jump into today's episode. Now I'd like to welcome our guest onto the podcast for today. Rachel Mertz is a licensed professional engineer. She's also a senior project manager with Majeski and Masters. Rachel, welcome to the Engineering Project Management Podcast. Thank you for having me. Rachel, maybe you can just start off by telling our listeners just a little bit more about yourself and what it is you do on a daily basis at Majeski and Masters. As you mentioned, I'm a project manager for Majeski and Masters. Uh, Majeski Masters is a consulting engineering firm that specializes in all things bridges. So to answer your question about my daily activities, so I just started reading a book called Leadership and the One Minute Manager by Ken Blanchard, and he made a really interesting observation in the book. So I used to think of my firm's organization as that of a pyramid, you know, that I worked for and answered to those above me. And while that is true, you know, the book suggests that I turn the pyramid upside down so that the managers are now at the bottom, which then indicates or represents that it's our job as a manager to be responsive to those above us. And that actually pretty well defines what I do on a daily basis. The majority of my day involves, you know, meeting with my team members, either individually or in a group. We discuss things, you know, about the project, how their task assignments are going. Um, I answer any of their questions and provide feedback. I can point them to other resources and then assign their next task. But basically, I'm there to provide support so that they can successfully complete their work, which then you know helps me monitor the progress of my projects, uh, both from a schedule and a financial standpoint, which helps me identify issues early so that I can make changes if needed so that we can stay on track. My responsibilities also include you know, reviewing and providing comments for our draft reports and plans, and then not necessarily on a daily basis, But my regular responsibilities also include attending marketing visits with clients and teaming partners. I prepare proposals for project pursuits, the negotiation documents uh, for the pursuits that we win. And then I also prepare invoices for the work that we're performing. What was it that inspired you to pursue a career in civil engineering? I enjoyed math and science when I was growing up, but engineering actually wasn't really on my radar. 
However, during my junior year of high school, we had a young college student visit our school to talk about his university specifically with regards to their engineering program. And he began his presentation telling the girls in the group that they could talk quietly over to the side if we wanted to while he talked to the guys about engineering. And, you know, of course, the best way to get a teenager's attention is to tell them they can't do something. So that, of course, is what piqued my interest. So I started looking into the field and realized that that's just what I was looking for. It's great to hear that because obviously that's something that I think people are spending a lot more time on right now, getting more women involved in the field. My wife is a civil engineer as well, so I know that she's one of the few in our class when we graduated 20 or so years ago, but you know, we're seeing some change there, which is a good thing. I know you've worked on some very interesting projects throughout your career, and being that this is a project management-related podcast, we want to dive into one of them a little bit here. So can you give us a brief overview of the Murray Baker Bridge Rehabilitation Project? Let me start with giving you just a little bit of background about the bridge. So the Murray Baker Bridge carries I-74 across the Illinois River up in Peoria, Illinois. It's a heavily traveled route that sees well over 60,000 vehicles a day, and it's about 65 years old. So the Illinois Department of Transportation, they have a, a pretty rigorous inspection program, and they monitor the health of their bridges very regularly. And they were observing that the bridge was starting to have some pretty significant deterioration. So they asked Majeski and Masters to help with the rehabilitation project to restore it. So we started the project with an inspection of the bridge to get you know, a first-hand look at the defects. And then we performed various analyses to gain a better understanding of the bridge's condition, looking at future impacts like vessel collision and scour susceptibility. And we investigated the impacts of construction that it would have on the community and ways to keep traffic moving until the rehabilitation was complete. So with all of that information, we then identified and evaluated different options for repair and maintenance of traffic um, and estimated their associated costs and provided all of those recommendations then to the DOT so that they can make a decision on how they wanted to move forward. Then we rolled into the design and plan preparation for the repairs that were approved by the DOT, which included deck replacement, strengthening of some of the trust members, We were doing steel repairs to the floor system, particularly under areas where they had some leaking expansion joints. We replaced two of the large truss bearings. We designed scour countermeasures for piers that were in the very middle of the river that were adjacent to the navigation channel. We developed painting details for the, the members that were in the splash zones to better protect them in the future. At this time, that we were doing the rehabilitation project, the city of Peoria was also interested in adding decorative lighting to the structure. They had hired their own consultant to work on that, and we worked with their engineers to develop appropriate ways to attach that decorative lighting to the bridge, and then their plans were inserted into our rehabilitation project. It ended up turning out to be a very nice project. Sounds like there was some very interesting components of it. And I know that when you work on projects like this, there are often specific engineering-related challenges that you face during projects. What were some of the ones that you faced on the Murray-Baker Bridge project, and how did you overcome them? Can you take us through some of those? One of the design challenges we faced had to do with the design of the deck. For the rehabilitation, we had a survey that was completed of the existing bridge deck, 
And as we were looking at the survey results, they just weren't making sense with respect to what was shown in the existing plans. And we realized that the previous reconstruction project had changed the behavior of the truss and the roadway profile that was shown in the plans hadn't been updated to reflect those changes. So we performed an extensive structural analysis to determine the behavior of the truss and redeveloped a profile grade taking into account things like you know, the clearance between the deck and the overhead truss bracing and then balancing the roadway improvements with the fillet heights on the floor system that were needed to accommodate this proposed profile with then the additional weight that would be associated with this added concrete. And then there were challenges during construction. As the contractor was removing the existing deck, um, he started to uncover additional areas of deterioration that we weren't expecting to members that were supposed to be remaining in place. So there were many times where the resident engineer on the project would be sending me photos and measurements of this additional deterioration, and my team would need to quickly develop repairs for those locations. So remember, we're in the middle of construction, and so these items are time-sensitive, and they required immediate action on our end so that the contractor would have plenty of time to secure the needed materials and then perform the repairs so that they could stay on schedule. So we needed to make sure we were responsive to the client, sometimes texting each other on the weekends when needed, and we developed repairs that also took into consideration making sure it was easy for the contractor to install them and secure that material. And that's a really good description for maybe some of our listeners that are project managers, designers and project managers, because you know when you go through the design process, sure, there are some stressful aspects to it. There are some deadlines that you have to hit in terms of your submission deadlines. When the project goes into construction, there's a whole other level of a stress in that you know it's an active construction site, especially if it's a roadway where there could be traffic or it could be closed down and then there's no traffic and you want to get it reopened. And so I know that just from my own career, you tend to really learn a lot when you get into the construction phases of these projects, especially around kind of communication, which is kind of one of the next things I want to talk to a little bit about, you know, being that this was such a, it's a roadway. So anytime you have a roadway project, there's a lot of stuff going on. Talk a little bit about the coordination of the work between the different contractors and stakeholders involved in this project based on the nature of the project. Within the terms of just our team, our internal team, I had regular meetings with my subconsultants. We were definitely trying to coordinate design elements that had overlapping effects into you know each other's work, sending regular updates to the client, keeping them informed of the progress. You know, I spoke before of you know the city of Peoria and the contractor, the engineer that they had hired to design some decorative lighting. So there was a lot of coordination on that end, making sure that that they were getting the information they needed to complete to their work so that it could be inserted into our plans. On top of all of that, we also went on ahead and had a public meeting that allowed us to present our proposed project to the community. And that's where we were able to answer any questions or concerns that they had. Let's talk about that last piece a little bit. I think as a project manager, the ability to kind of engage with the community, maybe alleviate some of their concerns, answer some of their questions, you know, how valuable do you think that is in the process of a project? It definitely depends on the project. For this one, we were keeping the bridge in place. We weren't changing the alignment. They had questions about the project, but they weren't as critical as one where they would actually be removing a bridge 
from service and building a new one. So still very important, though, to make sure that they have plenty of information to alleviate any concerns on their end, but also have a voice to help guide some of of the project and what's going into the project to make sure that the way the community wants to use the bridge really falls in line with our project goals. Sometimes even if the questions maybe aren't super critical to the project, it's just the fact that the community and the citizens can be heard and they feel like they're being heard and in a sense part of the project or part of the project process and they have that ability to ask questions and bounce them off professionals like yourself. I think that that is just probably serves them well and probably serves the municipality or the county or the state or whoever the client is in this situation very well, knowing that their citizens can be heard. I think that's important. I agree. What kind of an impact do you think this project will have on the community? The rehabilitation project repaired the defects and it improved the condition of the structure so that it's going to continue to be around for a long time. But the goal is always to get people and goods from point A to point B safely and within an acceptable travel time. So keeping this bridge open and in good condition, it's obviously going to help meet that goal, but then it allows the community to have continued social and economic opportunities and growth. And the reason that I asked Rachel that question is because I think when you are communicating with citizens in the community and you have public meetings, they can get heated at times. I'm not saying they did here, but I've seen it happen on some of my own projects when I was working as a consulting engineer. And I think understanding the benefits of that project to the community and communicating them to the citizens is important because sometimes, of course, what they're thinking about is construction and noise and delays and aggravation for the period of time during the construction, but we need to connect what we're doing to the larger why for the community and how it's going to improve their lives in the long term, which can kind of help work through that process. So I think it's important that you have a good understanding of how your project will improve the community and be able to present that to people. That's exactly right. Let's talk about lessons learned. I think in project management, it's always important to look at your projects when they're done, do a little bit of a debrief, a little bit of a lessons learned. And what would you say some of the lessons that you learned from working on a project of this scale and complexity? Well, as you were saying, you know, we always hear that communication is key, but it it does need to be the right form of communication. So at the beginning, I loved using email for a whole lot of my correspondence but I quickly learned that sometimes you really need a phone call or, you know, in in today's world, a video conference call, you know, it works a lot better to go ahead and and express your ideas and concerns. My team also had a couple of long nights towards the end of the project to make sure that we were meeting our, our scheduled deadlines and identifying and addressing staffing needs earlier in the project would have definitely helped mitigate some of that. So getting ahead of them a little bit better if you can can always be helpful, especially when it comes to a complex project, I'm sure. Yes. All right. So let's switch gears for a minute here. And I want to ask you some other questions just about our industry in general. The first one being, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges facing women in the engineering industry today? Although not, maybe not as prevalent as when I was in school, I still think that there exists some unfounded opinions that women are naturally better equipped to serve in a role that's maybe more focused on a nurturing aspect, you know, such as nursing or teaching. 
And I think it's still challenging to get a seat at the table. Once there, there's also this feeling of needing to disprove the notion that we only got to that point because of corporate diversity goals. I can see that, how that would be not make people feel good, right? You want to feel like you're successful because you're successful and you put the work in and you put the time in. That's important thing for us to communicate and think about in the industry as there are more diversity and inclusion efforts ongoing. I would hope that those efforts are maybe giving people opportunities or putting opportunities in front of people, but they still need to take them and work on them and take advantage of those. And so that's certainly something that we should all think about as we move forward here. What advice might you give engineers and project managers who are underrepresented in the field today? I would tell them to, to just keep pressing forward and to not give up. There have been significant changes. You know, just during my time in the industry, this is coming from a female perspective, but you know, when I first started, it was common to be, you know, the only woman in the room. I used to joke that the only place a woman didn't have to stand in line for the bathroom was at the engineering conference. And I was at a conference last year where there was actually a line for the bathroom. It was great, wonderful to see more females represented at these places, not only at conferences, but I'm seeing more female engineers on project teams. I'm seeing them in upper management roles and, and even owners of successful engineering firms. I'm seeing that too across the industry at conferences that we go to. And I think too, part of it is getting out there and making an impression on young girls, quite frankly, even at the elementary and high school levels, which is something I think we all need to do a better job of. And we're starting to see more of it. That didn't happen in the past. And hopefully it's, and I know it's happening more now, looking for signs, like you said, seeing more people active at associations and conferences, hopefully will just instill more confidence in people that they can get out there and do more. And like you said, just be persistent with it and keep moving forward and keep taking that next step. I think that's really important. Rachel, what final advice or words of wisdom might you have for engineers that are aspiring to succeed in project management and make a positive impact in their engineering careers? I would encourage young engineers to find a mentor. It doesn't need to be part of a formal mentoring program you just really want to be able to have someone that you can talk to or, you know, actually, more importantly, to listen to their stories and, and their experiences. You know, someone that you can build a trusted relationship with who's going to give you honest answers and solid advice that's going to help you map a path forward so that you can reach your goals. Mentoring is such a huge part of being successful in engineering. There are many people that have gone through a career already similar to yours, you know, talking with them every so often, and it can be informal. It can be a formal process where you're meeting regularly. Anything that you can do to kind of get some advice from those that, that have come before you can be very, very beneficial. All right. With that, we're going to take a very quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to finish up with Rachel by asking her to talk about a PM pitfall. We are back with Rachel Mertz. Rachel is a licensed professional engineer, senior project manager with Majeski and Masters. And Rachel, we talked a lot about project management. We went through one of your projects and talked about some different aspects of it. But kind of to wrap us up for today, I want to ask you, what would you say is the biggest project management pitfall that you've seen that maybe a lot of PMs fall into a certain situation or it comes up a lot on your projects? 
And how would you recommend that a PM either overcome it or avoid or minimize it on their projects? What would you say to that question? I realized that one of my biggest pitfalls uh, was thinking that there was only one style of management that leads to successful project delivery. When I was first promoted into management, I was familiar with the style of leadership that my supervisor had used with me. And I figured, you know, that's what I needed to do for my team. And it took me a little while to understand that each individual and, and actually even each situation should be evaluated separately to determine what approach or what best style of leadership is needed for that situation, you know, whether it's a more hands-off and simply delegating tasks to experienced and, and confident team members, or maybe it involves different levels of collaboration, you know, all the way down to telling or directing inexperienced staff with exactly what steps you want them to take to complete their work. That's a huge part of project management and leadership in general is understanding that people have different work styles, different personalities, different ways of doing things. And the more that you can learn about them, the more effective you can be in communicating with those different people and different parties and really accomplishing tasks and moving projects forward, just having that those insights. So Rachel, we thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the Engineering Project Management Podcast. We really appreciate all of the advice that you've shared with our listeners. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Rachel. Lots of good stuff there. And really, the idea of engaging stakeholders and the community early in your projects is a game changer on projects. And as a project manager, you should make that a priority. Please remember, you can find the show notes for this episode at engineeringpmpodcast.com. That's engineeringpm for project management podcast.com. There you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering project management endeavors.